What's up guys and welcome to another episode of the Dream Chasing 101 podcast and today's episode is brought to you by Zaya Group. Zaya Group is a diversified property holding company of direct and indirect holding of movable and immovable assets. Zaya Group is an independent business which is supported by its revenue earnings, aiming to achieve capital growth from a broad investment grade of property portfolio, investing in retail, commercial and residential properties and deriving income from rentals. The group's core strategic focus is to acquire, develop properties, and provide facility management within Mpumalanga and Gauteng. Zaya Group, reliable, better, and extra. With that being said, guys, we're going to be running some giveaways on our social media channels, so be sure to check that out in the links in the description. And let's get back to today's episode, and I'll leave it up to Phil and Josh to introduce themselves and tell us a little bit about what they do over in Spain. All right, so this is Phil next to me. I'm Josh, my partner's at a meal prep company, Fosh Food, and we're based in Spain, we're not Spanish, I'm Dutch, he's Irish, and that's basically it, we, uh, we grew up here, and do you have anything to add? That's about it really, <laughs> live together, work together, train together every day. Known each other a long time. Is it... I was about to ask, you know, how does a Dutch and an Irish collaborate with a business? But knowing that you guys grew up together, that that makes a lot of sense. Would you guys kind of class yourselves as like brothers in a sense? In a sense, yeah, I guess so. Since like because the amount of time we've known each other, really, or from such a young age, I guess. Yeah, and he's like a brother to my sister, and my sister's that. Yeah. My parents basically call him a son. So basically, yeah. Oh, and I was just going to say, Phil and Josh is also how we came up with the whole name of the uh, Fosh. Okay, that makes a lot of Phil sense. Phil, Josh, like, Fosh. I was thinking, when I, when I read that name and I was thinking Posh, you know, like here in South Africa, when you say something's Posh, it's like upmarket and along the, you know, for the rich kind of thing. So that's what I was thinking. But it's good to hear that it's come from the merging of your two names. Yeah, yeah much more humble than <laughs> Posh food. How was it for you guys, um, obviously being, you know, good mates and, and brothers in a sense, starting a business? Because sometimes it can be a bit complicated for business and, you know, close friends to to do well together. So how have you guys managed that dynamic and, and how has it been? I think um, you just have to kind of understand the situation that you guys are always together and that one person is going to know more in certain areas like there's definitely things that i could have never done that josh does and i think he'd probably say likewise and you just kind of have to understand situations a lot of the time and understand the person you're dealing with and maybe just um they might have a stressful day or whatever you don't need to to bring that home with you and stuff since we live together as well you don't want to have like a stressful environment all the time but everything goes really well because in that sense as well, you've got, you know, someone works hard in a certain area and you can give them more jobs. It's just like knowing your, your teammate a lot better. I think the biggest thing for me, because obviously we, we're very alike in a lot of ways, but we're very different and we go, we process information differently. Our immediate feelings towards a situation are often very different. And obviously how we deal with situations are different. When one of us deals with it and the other one doesn't understand, it can be stressful. But the biggest thing that helped, I think, me especially, was just like to always understand like, well, whatever his decision was, 
you know he had the best intentions. Like, if I think, like, sometimes more when we were just starting, I'm like, how is this happening? Or he'll get frustrated. But when you then, like, especially because we're quite straight with each other, that's quite important. And you just clear the air and you just know, well, he's done whatever he's done with the best intentions. And I've done what I've done with the best intentions. And we make mistakes, but as long as we're, like, the effort and the the goal wasn't like what we tried to do was in the right place we usually get over it pretty quick and with you guys being you know two separate individuals coming together to form this business i mean phil you're a qualified personal trainer um and josh being you know you have your biomedicals or degree in biomedical sciences how did that you know, those two, I mean, because it kind of forms a nice partnership in the product that you guys created because it relates to, to both of the, those kind of, you know, qualifications. So how much did you guys, you know, how much time did you guys take to build this idea of, you know, meal prep based on what you guys have in, in terms of your qualifications as well? In terms of qualifications specifically, we didn't, we kind of had had that, understanding of of the area but it was that combined with we both well both our parents happened to be in hospitality and from teenage years both of us worked in hospitality for our pocket money and so in some holidays it was always hospitality then when we went and studied in university it was working in hospitality again whether it was nightclubs or restaurants cafes whatever it might have been also i traveled a little bit and hospitality got me around so hospitality was always a big foundation and then on top of that with our fitness and the sports interest and just the healthy life the the food the nutrition aspect was a clear um, interest for us and then at first we were thinking more to go down the route of a, a cafe, but just the initial startup and what it took, it was much more realistic and feasible to start with a meal prep. In the end, we did actually get a cafe for a while, um, but it's quite funny. We always thought we wanted the cafe and then we had the meal prep and we had the cafe and then we ended up just focusing on the meal prep. So it wasn't like we grew up thinking, oh, we need to go into meal prep. It just kind of uh, happened. Like one door shut, another one open. It was like a, a light bulb moment. I think like the, the qualification side of things, it doesn't really matter how qualified you are because at the end of the day, you're just having a piece of paper that says you're, you've studied enough information to have this, but really, you can come after university and then the amount of work Josh had to do to just research and research and research nutritional information and diets and someone would come up to us in the cafe when we had it and say like oh do you do keto when it was new and you know it was kind of oh I don't know what that is I'm gonna to have to look at it and all the fads come into place it doesn't matter if you've done a nutritional degree like I did one as part of my personal training degree and they didn't tell any, anything about that and as well Josh like trains much more um, weight focus in the gym 
I guarantee you he'd be a better personal trainer or he'd know the anatomy better than the body than I could remember from my years of studying it. It doesn't really matter what the, the qualification says. The experience is what says it really. Yeah, I think me and Phil quite often talk about really like, we're grateful for what the education like, because you learn, but more, it was more life lessons and it made us grow up. And But the actual education I don't think we'd push young people onto it as as rapidly as they are now. See, we were kind of like, I'm not blaming anyone, we made these decisions, but you go from school, then you we did IB, kind of like A-levels, I'm not sure what you have in South Africa. Then the next thing is like, all right, well, now you go to university. And then we went and like, yeah, this is what you do. And then we realized like, oh, but I kind of want to do this and this isn't really getting me where I need to go. Yeah. So I'm not against education at all. I think it's very important, especially if you know exactly what you want to do, then you go do the degree if you need that job. But what I wouldn't do is um, just go get an education because you think it will help because really, I think we found just experience just trial and error we made a lot of mistakes but we've learned a lot more than anything like you would have done like just sitting in a classroom in about the business anyway yeah i think you just have to go for like yeah education is good and everything and if you want to be a doctor or whatever like josh said you really need that piece of paper for that job then cool you should get it but when i came out of university they were like you need a two-year apprenticeship to get this job so i think you're going around in circles, really. If anyone wants a specific job in a specific place, they should just go and say, hey, look, I'll work for free for a year and see what comes with it because you just need to learn. And if you want to go down a specific path that's not your own business, let's say, you can just go in and they will let you work there or assist in the office or whatever for minimum wage easily. With all this being said, you know, with you guys making this decision, you know, kind of, I don't want to say it was like, you were winging it in a sense, but before you went to varsity or university, what were some of the ideas you had in your head that you guys will, would be doing, you know, as careers? Well, I always thought medicine and I went with, well, obviously I didn't, well, be honest, I didn't have the grades to get into just medical school. I mean, it was, well, you can imagine it's tough to get in. And um, so I chose a degree, human physiology with, uh, well, it was biomedical sciences with human physiology and pharmacology, thinking that would get that, well, not thinking. I know you do that degree, then you skip your first year in medicine and it's a little bit longer, but you go in that way. But then by the end of it, I was like, why? Well, I'm interested in how the body works, but over the course of the degree, I was like, I've got zero interest in still doing medicine. And to be honest, I had no idea what I wanted to do. I finished university and I got a backpack and went traveling for a year. I just ran oh, away. Yeah, you did. Yeah. I was, that's probably the best decision I made. That helped me. And it motivated me. Because, like, I was always going, but I've, you're in, like, a, like, 
it's like a, a rat, like, no, I don't want to call that the rat race, but you're just kind of like on this, on this road and you're just going down it and down it. Yeah, especially and, for university. Yeah, and I was always like doing enough work to keep going, but I wasn't super motivated to keep going. I was just doing it because it's what you should do. But then like taking a year off and just traveling and just seeing stuff, I loved it. But by the end of the year, I was like, right, I'm ready to make something of myself now. Like I've done enough of just like, it's been great, but I can't keep doing this. And then I really wanted to start something, start a business and start something for myself. I didn't really want to go down the, the corporate route, especially because I, th I saw that as like a backup. I thought if it all goes wrong, I've now got my degree, I can go be a pharmaceutical rep or something, but thank God I didn't have to do that <laughs> in hindsight. I think I definitely winged it. I was definitely, I went to, because like I didn't quite get the grades either to go to university, so I went for a foundation course, which ended up being um, a personal training degree, and it was quite a highly ranked degree. Like when I came out, People in the gyms in the UK were like, no way, yeah, of course you can get a job. But I was doing it like Josh says, like the rat race you had in your head that you have to go and university is a thing you must do. So when I got there, I was I was there and I tried, I even tried to transfer Business was the biggest thing yeah, for business you. business was my thing. I wanted to be like Just running business. businesses. It wasn't particularly like what though, was it? No, no, no. I thought I was going to learn everything in university on how to like, open up a business and, and run it and smash it, but it's not how You don't even get that, that information. No. <laughs> no one tells you all the horrible things about running your own business, but the freedom is amazing. Yeah, I think, um, especially like our generation, I think we kind of in the same age. It's, we've seen the, you know, the, I don't want to call it evil, but corporate is kind of soul sucking in a sense where you lose so much, like you said, you have so much freedom having your own business compared to if you were under control by, you know, one of these big corporates. So I think we've seen this trend of like entrepreneurship and owning your own, you know, income uh, channel. And I think that's where most of us are kind of journeying to in, in the way things are going, especially with, you know, things like COVID and um, having to, for instance, take a pay cut because there's thousands of employees to look after or you have to possibly lose your job. So I think um, starting businesses now, you, there's obviously a big rise in that. And yeah, I think if someone can put together a, a nice package where they give you the information on like how to start a business, you know, like the, and they be straight, you know, with you, like this is going to be tough. It's not going to be easy. You know, you got to just, you know, stick around and, and fight through the I ups and downs. I think that's a big thing that you just said. People now, I think, are putting it on a pedestal. Like, oh, it's great you work for yourself. And yeah, you don't want a soul-sucking job. But for a long time, or maybe forever, those people in that job will be making more money for you. So if you're just doing it for the money, yeah. it's... It, you're safer going for like a high-end sales job or something and you really yeah you have the freedom but you also don't I mean we have freedom and we can be flexible I can probably do more of the little things like short periods of time in the day of what I want 
you need to go or we'll go there or I want to train that at that time. That's all fine. But at the end of the day, you put in a lot more hours than other people. And there's especially with the meal prep where everyone wants to start on a Monday. There's no weekends off. The weekends are the busiest time. So there's, it's, it's, it's great, but it's also hard. And also yeah. people take pay cuts, but a lot of people are still, at least in Europe, I know, they're still getting paid at least like a large percent of their wage by the government. Okay. And the social security gets paid by their companies because they're not allowed to sack them, which from, a, from the owner is very hard. From, from the employee, it's great. I know a lot of people are quite happy. They're on like a eight month vacation at the moment. Yeah. Paid vacation. Fully, yeah, fully paid vacation. Yeah, and in tough times, you just fight to survive. So it's pluses and minuses. And you really have to uh, want it and be happy with what you're doing. And with, you know, Posh, can you give us, you know, like a short summary of what you guys do and the various variations of product that you guys provide? Well, I think what best describes what we do is we assist people in just being able to control their calorie consumption. So we offer a wide variety of plans from weight loss to mass gain. We've got a lean muscle in the middle and plant-based for any vegans or vegetarians who want to eat with us. We deliver all the food nationally, next day delivery, so it's quite easy for anyone to order and start on one of our diets. But it's really like you have to just look at it as like a lifestyle because if someone's working one of these nine to five jobs or whatever they're doing, if they have a busy lifestyle, we can facilitate food for them, which allows them to control the food they eat and how many calories they're consuming every day. I think of it as that we just have like something that makes everyone's life a little bit easier. Yeah. And yeah, if we do some custom plans like we have at the moment, some, some people on diets, their personal trainers have given them whatever, that's a bonus because we're helping someone to achieve a goal. I think a lot of the people do do it to achieve a goal, but at the start we figured we we're going to help fitness people be, make their lives easy. We're not really getting many fitness people. The biggest people are just people who just want the healthy alternative and it's just a convenience aspect. If you can provide a healthy, tasty meal and make it eat the easiest option for people, then it's like a no-brainer. And most of the people don't get all of their meals from us, which we're actually happy with. When you eat everything in your home and it all comes in the same packaging, you can get bored of it. That's just reality of it. So most people think the average is 10 or 15 meals a week. And that, that's enough for them to have most of their meals from us. They can have a meal out with friends and it's just when they're around, when they're at home or whenever they need to eat, they just heat it up and they end up saving money a lot of the time because they don't have to go out for lunches and stuff. Yeah. So, so what we provide is really a convenient service more than anything. But obviously with uh, the health being the, the major bonus. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, when you look at fast food restaurants, well, restaurants or fast food, you know, places, the reason why they do so well is because of the convenience. It's just that it's not healthy at all. So how is it for you? <laughs> how is it for you guys to, 
you know, it's it's tough to put the two together. Or was it? You know, what are some of the challenges you guys faced with ensuring convenience and then the health factor, which is the main part for you guys? Taste. Yeah, taste. And taste, presentation. quality, presentation. Uh, those were the main issues. And, and people, just the thought of, um, especially... We got the idea, not because we invented it, just because we'd seen it in America and the UK. It was blowing up. These companies were doing really well. And uh, we were in the UK at the time. We were planning to come back to Spain. So it was just kind of like, all right, well, this is a clear um, pathway for us. But I think we've spent more time explaining to people what meal prep is than any kind of like selling marketing anything else. you're just explaining like how does it work No, we bring your food but what i can order a meal can i order can you bring me lunch today i'm like no 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 that's yeah. not how it works order now then we'll prepare it and then on monday we'll bring you all your lunches for the week if you want lunch like but what do you mean all of them and like or like you'll sell them like um say you provide 10 meals a week especially in Spain, they're very fixated on like, but which one's dinner, which one's lunch. So there's a lot of just educating, like it doesn't actually matter because really it all comes down to the calories and macronutrients that you need per day and not so much whether you eat your chicken or your beef or your fish for lunch or dinner. Eat what you want when you want. Just make sure you don't go over it. Eat them at the same time if you like and then fast for the rest of the day. It doesn't matter. Just make sure you eat that total. So I think the biggest hurdle has been just a lot of educating. Yeah, it's crazy considering we came from the UK and it was kind of like known that it doesn't matter when you eat what. You know what I mean? Like we came, because you're bringing some, a new product essentially to Spain. They're a little bit behind on most things. So we thought we'd get ahead in the market, but then you just end up explaining like everything like Josh said. No one really understands why there's, it's not labeled that this is their breakfast, lunch and dinner and a snack and whatever. And it's understandable. I mean, it wasn't long yeah. ago that people were like, oh, you can't have carbs in the evening. I mean, that's a very recent notion that bodybuilders, everyone live by like, yeah, you can't have that. It's only in the recent history, really, in the last few years that science is really showing like it doesn't really matter. Or if you get to a competitive level, there's a lot of like uh, timing your carbs around training times and upping upping them one day and then carb cycling throughout the week. But for the average person, just don't worry about it. Just hit your calories, try and track your food as best as possible. And it's not that hard to get results. Yeah, it's also a mental thing, right? Because if you've got like, I know a lot of young girls they kind of have a thing obsessed in the head with maybe the numbers or they want to follow a specific diet because some Instagram influencer they've seen does it. I think if you can all just like calm down a bit and live your life normally and eat a normal, healthy, balanced diet, it's going to be much better for your mental health as well. Yeah, I mean, it must be tough, especially in this um, sector because there's so many different ways of or I mean it's so tough for someone to prove that something works and something doesn't because there's so many different people who react to things differently 
So it must be tough for you guys to then, I don't know, has it been a challenge to adjust to these, you know, these trends, like you said, you know, the, the notions of no carbs after five o'clock in the evening kind of thing, like stay away from carbs, carbs is bad, eat fat, you know, the whole, the, yeah. how hard well, has it been for you guys to adjust to that? Yeah, well, yes and no. No in the sense of what do you want, we'll make it, don't worry. What would you like? You want you want this? Okay, no problem. But along the way, like like people will email, look, I'm this I'm this way and I need to get down to this way, I'm this size, my partner's this size, we need lunches for the week. Can we get custom lunches? And I'm like, sure, we'll make you custom lunches. I don't recommend it. I recommend you just getting one of our plans, but it's gonna be your total calories and that's all there is to it. And it's e it's more economical for you to just pick a plan, get that and supplement your own diet to that plan or use that plan to supplement to your diet. But if people want their custom, it's like, sure. Like, what what should I eat? And I, I'll tell them. But if they, if they want to listen to another trend, and it's not that these trends don't work either. I mean, they all work. That's what, there's all some basis to it. It's just that the biggest basis, like they're all based on calorie restriction. That's why they work. So it's like, I'm not saying they're all bad. And especially, I think we've like, Phil especially personally, he eats a very low carb diet, high fat. Well, you just feel better on it, don't you? Yeah, that's like not even to do with weight loss. It's to do with like, if I start eating loads of carbs, I get sleepy. It's just a bad reaction. Maybe like I could reset my insulin or something, but I've gotten used to eating this way now and it makes me feel better. It's not because like someone said, oh, that's going to miraculously reduce your waistline by whatever amount of inches. Yeah. It's just because it makes me feel better in the day. So Yeah, I just kind of like pick what works for you. So he does that. I feel good, especially like some people like you need sweet, but I don't really feel good on sweet potato, but... I just love eating rice and I love rice and I feel good on rice. So I eat loads of rice and it's just kind of like whatever makes you like happy, whatever works for you. And just bear in mind, like, all right, well, if you just want to eat and eat, if you want to maintain your weight, well, just consistently eat the same. That's another one, especially when people, I think when you mentioned about, especially girls um, are coming with, um, eating not really disorders per se but some have have issues with food and dieting tracking food it can go all get too much i think if you just if you're just consistent and don't go over or under your weight will stay the same or like if you're consistently going up in weight but you're consistently eating the same then obviously you need to lower it but I just, I wouldn't go crazy either way. I wouldn't go start weighing all your food. I think really if all these, especially young, if they have any issues, just try and eat consistently healthy. And if you do actually need to lose weight, then just consistently eat a little bit less. But even just like a couple hundred calories a day, that could be the difference. I don't think these people should jump to extreme diets and especially, I mean, nothing works if you can't do it consistently. Yeah. 
if you can't keep a diet, nothing's going to work. So the biggest thing is just kind of like find a happy medium where you can happily no longer call it a diet, but it's just like how you live. It's a way of life. Is is that why, you know, with your approach, is it all about making it sustainable, like in the long the long run? Is that like the main goal? Because that that's the biggest thing with with, you know, health and fitness um, fads. It's like they try and make it short term goals. So, yes, you'll lose five kgs on this, you know, crazy diet, but then you'll pick it up within like another month. So how, how, how is it for you guys? I know educating, like you said, is the main thing. But how much of the educating has been around, you know, like this is the sustainable way of eating healthier and this can be, you know, like long term, you'll reach your goals in the long term. I kind of think people have kind of like understood over the years. Yeah. So people have often like started with a crazy diet and you'll speak to them. And you can kind of like find some reason and especially when they want to go into an extreme diet and then they're like, look, I need to stop. I'll just tell them like, hey, a lot of people just get 10 meals in the fridge. Why don't you just try that? And then don't go completely off the rails. Just like eat what you want, eat, go out, but have these lying around and just like try and eat consistent calories. And okay, if you're going to go for a big dinner, have a smaller lunch and just try and do it like that. And long-term health, and people who've stuck with us for a long time have always done it that way. I think we've also had a lot of people on no-carb diets, but they come and go quicker than anything else. Yeah, they, they can stick around. But recently we had a new client come on, I think he was Scandinavian, and he was on a custom plan because he had weights and everything from his trainer, and he was eating no carbs and loads of white fish, and he just wasn't really happy. He was like, the food can't have any calories on the sauces, nothing like that. And then his trainer wasn't getting back to him in time or something. So last week I suggested you should just try some of our larger meals if you want to start putting on some weight. Uh, I think he had them a week. He was so happy. The reviews coming back from him were amazing. He's, the food has taste. The calories are good. So uh, you just have to trust that everyone knows what they're doing. You know what I mean? If we're, if we're in the company for a reason, um, if we think that this plan would work best for you, then it's just a level of trust you need to have. Yeah, I think that's that's the main thing, um, especially here in South Africa. Like we're starting to pick up in the the fitness trends as well, and there are a few meal prep places um, that are health focused as well. So I haven't actually tried any of them, but I think I should um, just to see. Because at the end of the day, like you said, you're selling convenience and health in one package, and I think if people can see that i think this could be the future of you know home cooked food do you guys ever feel like this could be um you know the future of the way people eat food at home what with the meals personally no but i do think there's easy ways to branch off so for example what i would thing is we want to we're not quite where we want to be before we start branching out. But another option we definitely think is like HelloFresh does. I think that could work, for example, where you provide all the raw ingredients and the exact instructions and you make it easy to make a delicious meal. Because everyone, 
Because at first I was a bit like, but why would you want to do that? But then it kind of made sense like, all right, well, you can't enjoy the cooking. You enjoy that at home. You don't just want to eat. You don't just want to warm up a meal. It's also always different. I'm not going to lie. It's always different when you make it fresh. Yeah. Uh, compared to when you're eating a, a prepared meal. Um, and, but, but when people at first, like I th- at first thought like, why would you do that? It's, why wouldn't you just get the meal made? It's like, well, people like to cook, but they don't know how to make that delicious meal. Everyone can make like a bit of chicken and rice and veg, but it's all boring and plain. No one knows how to make the really tasty chicken and the nice, you know what I mean? Yeah, I think like, for families, it's quite a like big time of the day as well, like cooking and stuff. And some families tend to get involved, everyone. So it's also the way the world is going with like the, well, at the moment, especially with COVID and everything. Obviously, our business does well because we can deliver many, like made meals to everyone. But if you could deliver the packages that they don't even have to go to the shops, it's even better, right? Because you're getting everything from a supplier that you are ensured that they're taking all the natural precautions and everything. So really, I think that would be the future for, that would be a bigger future than just meal prep, really. Yeah, I was about to ask, did you guys see quite a big spike during COVID? We saw a nice average. It wasn't really a spike. We're on a spike now that people have got money because they're going back to work and the summer, well, whatever summer they had is over. And it's kind of back to like, I've got to get back on a, a normal living again from all the beer and ice cream, I imagine. It's quite funny. Like in, in the, we have a lot of friends in the UK and they were like, oh, you guys must be booming because everyone in the UK is booming. But I think over here, I think the difference was in the UK, for example, I'm not sure what it was like for you guys, but shops were just hectic and yeah. queues were massive yeah. and they were running out of stock. And they still had some freedom to go outside and they still had some free time. So they were just like, we'll just get our food in. And, but over here, it, you weren't allowed out your house unless you were going to the supermarket. If you wanted to walk, you, if you had a dog, you could walk it, but only 50 meters from your house. If you had a dog, you had loads of friends. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone wanted to walk everyone's dog. Yeah. But I mean, 50 meters, that was it. So... So people really wanted to go to the shops and yeah. also here, I know people didn't get the same amount of help from the government. So I think it was a lot of watching the pennies, but now that everything's starting to be a bit more normal, I think everyone's a bit happier, more comfortable, like they're working, they don't mind spending. Cause it's, it's, it's not really a big expense, but even if it's like a little bit more in the month, cause obviously you can, do it cheaper yourself. Um, yeah, I think people are just now a bit more comfortable to... Uh, yeah, the money's coming back in, they're feeling a bit more free to spend it. Yeah, I think uh, what you, you mentioned about like being restricted and only walking like 50 meters if you had a dog, I think that did play... Because yeah, we, it was along the same lines where you were restricted unless you were doing something essential, so doctor visiting the doctor or um, getting food. But we did have a little bit of leeway with you know runs in the morning and stuff like that. So it would be, it would have, I'm sure it would be an interesting thing to look at a prepped company yeah and see how they did. But 
um, it's almost like, especially like with my dad and being stuck at home and when they allowed golf, you know, to go play golf and it was big for him to go out and play golf because he's been stuck here. So it all kind of depends on how those restrictions played out and it helped certain businesses or not. Um, so that was a, an interesting thing. What are some of the, you know, the trends that you've seen, you know, you've mentioned that you guys do some custom stuff, even though sometimes you um, would tend to recommend, you know, your plans that you guys already have. What are some of the trends that you've seen within your own business? So is there a lot of weight loss being sold or is it weight gain? Like what's the, the feel in Spain? Some trainers are really switched on and they kind of, they're with the most recent trends and others are just like, why are you putting this guy through this torture? You know what I mean? Like Max is doing really well. One of our clients, he's made like an amazing transformation and he eats quite a lot. I think he has five meals a day, seven days a week from us and they're big portions. And he's actually lost a lot of weight and gained a lot of muscle. But you see some others, like this other guy I was telling you about from last week, he was put on a no carb diet with a lot of white fish. I don't think he really liked it and he wasn't enjoying it. You know, I think that maybe the communication needs to be there more with the trainer and the client or the trainer needs to give a bit more leeway to like, ask what they like not just say look this is the miracle diet if you have this you'll lose out of weight what trends did you see well i do think the biggest trend is people all think of us for fat loss they all think of us to get uh, i need to lose some weight i need to get back in the routine they use, either use us for the weight loss itself initially anyway or they use us to kind of kickstart um, a diet, say a change, say they've been off the rails, they've been out with family over, friends, partying, whatever it might be. They just want to like kickstart and uh, yeah, so they'll use us, say for a month or so, because they don't want to use us forever for whatever reasons they might have, which is fine. Yeah. They just use us to suit them, which is perfect. Um, but overall, it's weight loss. Um, but then after a while, people realize, like, you make my life so easy. But that is, that's what we spend most of our time now trying to um, portray out there on our Instagram. And like, we try and make a lot more videos. And a lot of it is focused on just kind of like making it, like showing how it's a convenience product rather than just a weight loss tool um, because we've had people start on weight loss and then they're like look i'm not very happy with it just use it for this and then they end up maybe lowering the amount of meals they get but they can still keep a happy like and it's just convenient because some people are oh my god i'm never gonna cook again like well you've made my life so easy a lot of people out there hate cooking especially single people yeah. Like we have some couples, but especially single people, so it's not fun making food for yourself, and and like one meal a day, okay, but unless you're gonna make different foods, which is a lot of effort, a person usually like you'll probably make more dinner, have it for lunch, who knows, maybe even for the snack, but then you're making food again, and so it's definitely the biggest trend is always weight loss. Um. 
I think I single guys that either run their own business or do something which has like, we've got some guys that are like uh, coders for websites and stuff. They love our food because sometimes they don't leave their, their desk for like days. They're just there, a fridge full of Red Bull and the other fridge has our meals and they don't leave. And I think it helps them a lot, like working individuals with busy lives. Well, this is the thing when they work out kind of like, okay, so say, so say our average meal is around seven euros. Like for them, it's not worth spending an hour to make food when they don't like cooking, when they're earning, who knows, any, anywhere north of 10 euros an hour, it's already not worth it. Yeah. And a lot of these guys are making a lot more than that. So it's just like, it, it, it costs them money, basically. All that time that they're, they're now spent cooking, it's not just the cooking, it's you have to go to the shops, you have to come home, you start cooking, you prepare the food. Then once you're finally done, then there's the clean up. If you really want to go into it, there's the added electricity cost of your hob or your oven, hot water doing dishes. I mean, you can really go into it, but I yeah, think- They I just think, don't want to do it. No. They so, don't have the time. It's not enjoyable for them. They're not keen to cook. That's the biggest thing. People who don't really lo love cooking and they value their own time, they're probably our um, best long-term customers. <laughs> Yeah, it's and it's also like when you're buying, especially if you stay on your on your own, you can't necessarily like buy stuff for just one meal. You need to then buy a lot more because, I mean, to buy, for instance, like enough veg for one meal, you're going to spend so much more money. Then you just end up buying more and more just so that it makes it worth it actually going there. So I think that's like one of the main things as well. Yeah, it's like how many times do you want to go to the shop? So you imagine... You're buying, okay, like you'll stretch it to three dinners in the supermarket, then you'll rush out and then by Wednesday, maybe you've eaten too much or something. You're like, oh God, I've got to go back again. And then also people often find like when they make food for themselves, they're not making a complete balanced meal. No. Like, do you really want to go get three different types of veg and chop them up and cook them all? Yeah. Or and make, make sure that it actually tastes good. Yeah. yeah. It becomes a lot of effort, so that's the main thing. I mean, quite lucky. I don't. We haven't had to cook for ourselves on like a daily basis. So we do our weekly prep, and we obviously have food to last for the week. Yeah. And I mean, I have a lot of people who tell me you don't understand how lucky you are. <laughs> I mean, I tell them it's not luck, but they're like, oh man. Like the amount of people who just finished work and they're like, oh, I have to go to the shops. And I'm like, what, why? And they're like, well, I need to go buy dinner and then I have to cook it. I'm like, that sounds horrible. I just want to go home. They're like, so do I. Yeah, it's pretty cool the way we just, I don't even think about it. Just as it's sometimes actually like, he probably says it once a week and I don't really think about like, oh yeah, it is really easy. We just come home and there's like something I can heat up or whatever. It's not a problem. Like we can't remember the last yeah. time we wanted food and there wasn't a healthy option right there. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's the main thing that, that convenience part, I think is like the main selling point. It's like, we actually have our grandparents staying with us. So my grand cooks for us. So, you know, before COVID when I would be, for instance, 
um, away with the Sunshine Ladies Tour and I'm in Cape Town and I fly back to Joburg, I know when I get home there's a meal ready. And that's like stress-free. So, so, oh, it's so nice. <laughs> as, how much of the, um, this entire you know, business was built on, you know, what would you say came first, the healthy thought or the convenience thought? Or did it just, did you feel like it had to meet together at once? Yeah, health was like the main focus and uh, the goal to like help people achieve their goals and stuff like that was probably like the start focus. What, yeah, I don't think we really understood how much of a convenience benefit there was to it. I mean, at the start, we made very, well, bland food, to be yeah, honest. We made really strict food at the it, start. It was like, like you want results, this is going to get you there quick. Mm. But it's like people didn't stay on it. And we ate it and even we got bored of it. And yeah. so, so now we, it, I mean, don't get me wrong, it's not like we're producing pizzas now. It's still bored, like, it's still like your. It's just way more flavor. I think at the start, um, we had some help from personal trainers and them sending us clients and they sent the plan. So it was really strict and they couldn't have anything. And then when we moved to the cafe, which was the next stage, we had people coming up and they're like, yeah, okay, can you make me uh, 24 meals for the week? And I can't have any of this and it has to be zero of this and whatever else. But once you kind of realize like those guys don't stick around. So what's the point? Yeah, cool. It's nice when they come along, but really the best way to sell our, our product was making it balanced and making it tasty and just letting people live that tiny bit more because they were like Josh said, yeah, you could see the chicken was red cause it had peri peri sauce on it, but it wasn't like, I'm going to go and have a really tasty peri peri chicken. It was just, it was marinated and it was a little bit of taste. I mean, I think the biggest thing is now we have so many people well, literally the same kind of like profile as my parents and my parents now, they'll just order like 15 random meals for the week. And it used to be, I mean, my dad still works a lot. So if he was, he used to only eat like a yogurt and then maybe a cracker, a little bit of fruit. Before he went to work, he wasn't bothered. So he just like throw micro, like one of those pizzas in the oven that was already done. Oh, I'm like eating sandwiches, like that was all, I can't be bothered, all of a sudden I'm hungry, yeah. I just, I'm just going to make a cheese sandwich. Dutch, it's very Dutch thing, cheese sandwiches. <laughs> and um, so Dutch. So Dutch. <laughs> Love a cheese sandwich. And all of a sudden now, and my dad didn't really like variety, he liked like, just like plain, like not plain food, but like just grilled chicken with a bit of potatoes and veg. And they can't believe how our meals have like opened their minds and made their lives easier. The minute they're hungry, they heat up a meal. And we use all kinds of cuisines in our dishes. I mean, Phil's, you get most of the dishes and the cuisines, like everything, like curries, like use Jamaican jerk chicken. And then we had like a, a coconut chicken curry. I had, I think one of my favorites the other week was like a beetroot and blueberry salmon. So it's really like varied dishes. And it kind of like opens your, opens your mind to like, oh, I do like this food. I didn't think I liked this food. And we have um, a 
lot of people, to be honest, who are just very, I want to say normal. They're not fitness people. They're just kind of like your average people. Yeah. And they're just like, it's tasty. You're making their lives easier. That's kind of like who it's, um, who it's going for now. Not these really bland meals for bodybuilders. Like every now and then we get one of those bodybuilders, but it's not really our clientele. They're, they're so the bodybuilder kind of people or like the people who come from personal trainers have such a closed mind as well because someone's drilled into them that they can't have these little pleasures in life like Josh was saying he has a beetroot and blueberry salmon or blackberry that was it oh. and it's like okay well you're marinating fish in fruit juices it's all natural stuff Josh is working out the calories it's exact and you can have that little bit of freedom, a little bit of taste in the food. And you know what, if you're maybe competing for a bodybuilding competition, I understand, but these are people that are competing to go on the beach in summer. You don't need to kill yourself. You know, it, it, you just work a little bit harder and reduce a little bit more of the food and it'll come. What was the, I mean, you mentioned you have a huge variety of cuisine. What's the the process of getting you know the recipes and how did you guys build up the the taste because that's like the main thing if someone's going to order the like a curry they want to ensure it kind of tastes like a, a good curry so how did you guys build these these cuisines it was more at the start it was looking a lot on on pinterest and things like that for some ideas just we, a bit like we fight each other we fight each other we're in a constant battle <laughs> I think like I've sent a recipe to Josh and I said, look, I want to do this and this and this is what needs to have in it. And he'll come back and tell me all the things I need to reduce. Can't have this, can't yeah. have this. He's, he'll just find me like a recipe like, I want this. I'm like, well, you can't have these things. He's like, and then he'll be like, all right, well, can I have this? Then I'll work it out like a little bit of that, not that. He's like, all right, what about this? Until eventually we find like, all right, happy meeting. We're, we're both happy. Because I do kind of, I'll just work out the macronutrients, the calories, all of that. And Phil will find dishes. And we, for a while we were creating, but we've got like almost 300 dishes now. More probably. More. So it, it's too hard to keep creating. So what we do is we find like a, a normal dish that your everyday person would like but we just make it in a way that you can actually eat it and not be unhealthy like for example teriyaki chicken doesn't have 10 to spoonfuls of sugar like you leave that out or you we find alternatives yeah just little changes you can do on on real life food so like i know a big thing from a lot of our english clients is they really like the jerk chicken and we just don't smother it in like a, a sugary sauce like they do or you know it's super nice obviously when you get it at some jamaican food stall in a london market or whatever and they're covered it in all sorts of things but just kind of reducing it a little bit and still maintaining some of the flavors i think a lot of our clients like that because it makes everything a little bit more real and normal yeah they, they kind of recognize what they're eating yeah so it's not like i mean i was like oh, i mean that yeah it's a little bit different and that's kind of made me real. I didn't realize how many recipes are just like loaded with oil and sugar. And again, I believe in like calories. So it's not like I'm, I'm I think they're the devil, but it's, 
it's a very easy way for your calories to shoot up and there's very little reward. I mean, you're not getting any fuller. So it's like, yeah, have your traditional jerk chicken, but that's oh, probably yeah. all your carbs done for the day with the added sugar and like have a normal curry, but that one curry has enough oil, calorie, like calories and fats to last you for the day. So unless you want that to be your only meal, like I tell people, you can eat pizza and be lose weight. They're like, really? I was like, yeah, but you can have a few slices and nothing else for the day. You'll feel terrible. <laughs> yeah, obviously you feel terrible, but... But like recently, Josh and I are realizing it even more because this month we've decided to cut out all sugar and any processed sugars, like any zero calorie stuff from our diet. Um, it just comes as like a little experiment and it's crazy the stuff you can't eat. Or things that you ate all the time and you're like, man, I can't have this little treat now or like a protein bar or a shake even. You think like, yeah, I'll just have, and then it's got all sorts of chemicals in it that you don't know where they've come from or what they are. It's pretty eye-opening. Josh still catches me out every day. Like yesterday I was going to have some popcorn. He's like, no, you have to read the label. And I couldn't have that. What What's some of the main things that you guys have changed in your personal lives running this business? Because now you... I mean, you're so heavily involved with the process of understanding what's good and what's bad. How often do you guys treat yourselves to, I don't know, what's the, the prominent fast food places there, like a McDonald's or a KFC or something along those lines? Those things, like, never. It would be more like... Not, not because of, like, well, partly. We know how bad they are, but we don't really enjoy that. Like when you start eating healthy and you start eating good food, yeah, you just don't you enjoy so it. But like Pizza. I like, yeah, well, like I said, we eat good most of the time. But even though it's yeah. our company and even though the food's right there, we still want like, like occasionally have a pizza or go somewhere for a nice burger or something or you're out. Yeah, it's just mental freedom because even though we've got a beach here, still like to go on holiday somewhere else with the beach. It doesn't matter. It's just like you want that little bit of mental freedom. Like Josh was saying at the start that, yeah, this company is very good and it's very attainable, but for a family, everyone to be eating from our containers every single day, mentally it gets a bit draining because you're just having this, you're not having the same thing, but you're having the same thing. You know what I mean? You're, you're seeing the same packets come out every time, although the dishes are different. It's just a bit mentally like draining on you. I think the biggest personal changes though, I was one of the ones thinking, I need to put on weight. I need to eat as much as I can. I need to stuff myself. <clears throat> and then I need to lose weight. I need to cut out the carbs and I need to do fasted cardio. Like I believed all of it. Like I was, I was doing that stuff and I mean, you were doing that stuff loads and, and yeah, that's the biggest change. We've just educated ourselves a lot. And now I think over time, we've just come and found a really happy kind of like medium where we're like consistently eating well, we're consistently eating the food we should eat, but we're also yeah living for example friends of ours want to go for dinner it's not like oh well what can i eat there it's i'll go and eat whatever i don't mind i'll eat whatever but i'm just 
be just be mindful of what you do really yeah it just goes back to your lifestyle like when when you're eating our healthy meals all week it's okay to have that little bit of freedom you just can't do that all the time you know if you if you've gone out friday saturday sunday then you know next weekend you probably shouldn't really be going out for dinner yeah well, like a, a chocolate bar it's fine don't worry about it just don't, don't have it don't have it every day <laughs> But I think it's kind of like what everyone kind of knows intuitively, but yeah. they, a lot of people either take it too seriously and punish themselves, or a lot of people aren't educated enough and realize, oh, in that, in that chocolate bar, I ate this many calories. They think, no, I can have a little bit every day. So it's just being honest with yourself, being mindful. But everyone kind of knows, everyone kind of knows whether they're exercising enough or not enough where they should do more same in anything like you know you always know like i worked hard today it's like did you really did you really work 100 percent? like do you deserve that chocolate for a couple of hours like yes i need a break do you really need a break were you just on your phone scrolling through instagram maybe yeah you don't need a break like just being honest with yourself i think the biggest change for me was i always tried to outwork the bad diet Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I would always try and get away with like eating more chocolate than I should or whatever Phil, else. Phil grew up at a disadvantage. His mom's an amazing baker. Yeah, there's always chocolate in the house. But I was like, <laughs> I didn't even realize when I was when I was growing up, I was a cyclist. So I was like really hammering the calories every day on consumption and burning, and it kind of like just went hand in hand. And when the lifestyle stopped a little bit, it's like oh. Actually, I have to reduce the food just a, a little bit. And in recent years, most recently, actually, it was it was a big wake up to be like, hey, look, you can't just out-train the bad diet. You can keep trying, but it doesn't happen. Well, that's another one. It's like, don't, the diet is like 80% of what you are. But it's more like, forget the looks. It's like, it's how you feel. Yeah. It's really like incredible. The minute like, you cut out eating bad most of the time. It's just like the difference in your energy and like you're more motivated to do things. That's the biggest one. It's not so much like looks. Obviously, you want to be a healthy body fat. It's just dangerous to be seriously overweight. More than anything, you just feel better. You've got more energy. You're more like more lively. Yeah, exactly. You can work better. You're more focused. So definitely with like the what you're saying about the health of food not like because i was a while ago i think i went to eat in a spanish breakfast place with my friend not to hate on spanish food or anything but i ordered um some spanish sausage and eggs for breakfast like yeah that's pretty good i'll have that oh my god the thing was so oily i had a stomach ache all day and i just can't imagine how people feel this bar was full. Everyone in there was eating a similar sort of breakfast. Like, I don't understand how they're not feeling as bad as I am. But I think it's kind of like there's a big change in, like, understanding of the importance of food. Like, people used to eat. It's kind of like pe- people can drink every day and smoke every day and they wake up feeling fine. But they don't know what it's like to wake up when you haven't been doing that every day. Yeah. So when you start doing it, like, exactly. So it's just like, oh my God, you can feel like this. And I think more and more, 
um, people are kind of understanding like, oh wait, what you put in you is everything. It's not like, oh, whatever, I'll just live my life. I am me. And that's just something to get rid of my hunger. Like personally, I keep thinking, I'm just looking into it more. I think the next big thing that people start focusing on is uh, their breathing. I think everyone's like breathing incorrectly. And I know I breathe, like I don't breathe efficiently the way you should. And I was like listening, reading some stuff and like really you should take six breaths per minute and your heart rate will go up and down. But what everyone does is like the shallow breathing. So I think we're just in very early, we've come a long way. I just think we're in very early stages. I think in like two generations time, they're gonna look at us like, oh my God, they didn't do breath work in school. Like, oh my God, they had what McDonald's that was allowed. Like, they didn't ban that. Like yeah. those burgers, they last like 10 years and you can still eat them <laughs> like that. Yeah. And that was the cheapest option. I mean, yeah. that's what I'd like to think is, is happening um, or will happen because more and more people are understanding that like, I can't just eat this. But like even my parents say like oh no we've always eaten like this yeah that's we that's the common thing for that for that generation as well it's just like we've been doing exactly. it for so long yeah and and they didn't think they were being unhealthy yeah. did they like like what what's wrong with eating a sandwich every time I'm hungry and then we have a cooked meal for dinner it's like that was just a normal way I also think that's a change in um, economic. Um, qualities where people have slightly more money they can afford to eat good protein with every meal i mean the cheapest is like just get some bread and butter that's cheaper but if you value your health you're finding even if you're plant-based some quality plant-based proteins or some nice meat or fish but that's all a bit more expensive so even if you value your own health you need to be able to afford to do it and just before we we close off here um just to understand the way the business works how many people are involved in this this business in terms of you know the packaging of the food um you know like how how big is the the process at the moment there's five of us involved in the process so the chefs today the way the process works is today i would have made a trip to the market got all the fruits and vegetables we had the fish delivered, the butcher... It goes lucky. at 3 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> the butcher were lucky to have around the corner and they bring all the meat up and, you know, any odd bits, we've got supplies in the area. Then the chefs will crack on marinating today. All the stuff will be made, chopped. Tomorrow they'll cook it. It'll be packaged on Sunday and sent out on Monday. Pretty quick turnaround. All the orders come in until midnight Thursday and it's just weekly deliveries from then on. How many meals are you guys? Oh, sorry. Uh, meals, at the moment, it's around yeah, 600 okay. per week. Okay, that's that's a lot. Um, and that's based on a total of around 70 people. Um, so our real, we're really, our goal is really to hit just like 100. Yeah. That would just be such a nice figure to uh, hit. And... Yeah. yeah, quite recently we've over lockdown. It was just us two. No one else was doing any of it. And obviously we saved some costs there, but it was it was hard on us just because it's draining. 
And when you're working in the business, it's not very motivating anymore. We were yeah. just going and we were doing, all right, now we're going shopping, now we're going delivering, now we're doing this. And it's just not the fun part. This wouldn't have been possible. Whereas now you can kind of work on the business. We're looking at some software actually, which should be making our lives a lot easier. Because um, we spend a lot of time working stuff out still. So looking into automating that and just kind of like being more creative. Obviously, social media is so important. Okay, well, what can we do? What can we make that more interesting? And all right, well, what can we do with meals? Is there a better way to do it? Rather than just kind of like fuel the wheel, kind of like, is this really the best way we can be doing this? And we, I think yesterday we actually decided we're going to change how we're working, like with the website, just because we think there's a simpler way about it. So it's nice when you can take that little step back. It's not a big step back, but it's a little step back and it just kind of lets you like work on the business. Yeah, you could just you just view it from a different perspective, right? Because when you're in it, you know, you're tired and whatever, you just don't want to do whatever those little jobs might be that you have to do. And like, oh, you know, tomorrow, whatever, I'll do that sometime this week. But when you're kind of like looking down on other people doing the jobs, you can comment like, hey, you know, you could do it this way instead. Yeah. Or you could tighten the screws here and there and save some money or whatever it might be. And there's also less just like uh, stress in, in, in like the sense of you've not just done a long manual day of labor. So it's easier to also talk to each other because obviously we're humans. If, if you have a long bad day and I come and like, I think we can prove this. Yeah, it can easily come across as like a personal attack. Like you made that, you did that wrong. And it's not, it's just like we can, we can do this better. So, so it's easier for us to just kind of talk to each other as well. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, it allows you to, when, when you're not so heavily involved, it allows you to look at the business from, you know, like a bird's eye point of view and see where things can be made a bit easier on the entire, you know, working the workforce. And I think, um, yeah, sometimes, especially when you're starting your own business and you're so heavily involved, you don't have time to actually think about you know improving you know a small little piece of the business because you just need to get whatever you're busy with done like that's the main thing and you know with you know this whole business coming together and now like you said you're looking at ways to automate certain things what are some of the the you know things you want posh to do in the future like is there ultimate vision or goal that you see yourselves you know involved in or is it you know kind of doing this and just doing it to the best that it can be done meal prep probably like there's a lot more we can grow like i don't think you know you can constantly make the kitchen size bigger the team bigger whatever the logistical side can keep growing and it's so scalable but uh, another move might be getting in with some other businesses maybe looking at like a catering aspect who really knows because like we were saying with COVID and stuff like that, things might change and then maybe it's way better to do what Josh said with a HelloFresh and you're looking at providing packages of things that people can cook and make an activity together. Or maybe in two years, 
boss is doing so well that we can now do that as well. And it's a it's another branch out from the business. That's kind of where I'm thinking. I'm kind of thinking like we know what we're doing and we have the equipment. And we I know it's being underutilized, for example, cooking once we, we I mean, it's a kitchen. It's not a restaurant that could be running 24 hours a day. Really, there's no reason for it not to be able to. So I think kind of like you can vary more like you go even maybe slightly unhealthier meals, but still better than a, like your standard ready meal. And like maybe you do things like lasagna and stuff and like something pe- everyone would want to eat, but they're not considered diet food. And then again, like the Hello Fresh maybe. And I, we do quite like the fitness aspect. Actually, just before COVID started, we were very close to going ahead with um, a big chain of gyms um, in Spain. And at the front of the entrance, they have like a little spare bit of reception area. And we were going to kind of put like a kiosk cafe in a few of them around Spain. And if that went well, we were just going to put it in all of them. So that would have been huge. And we were really, really excited for it. But obviously with COVID, we saw how beneficial it was to be online. And during these times at the moment, definitely stay online. But definitely that's interesting to us, you know, kind of like something like and how cool would it be this massive chain of gins and at the entrance is a little fosh stand and you grab like a meal and a shake or something fresh salad and then you can all have your meal preps delivered there so you can pick them up on your way out from the gym. I think that'd be really cool. So um, not fixated on anything, just always open to suggestion. Online is definitely like a big way forward though. Considering 100%. what we've seen in COVID, where like, like gyms just shut down, that would be like you still have to pay rent and everything. You just had a massive loss the whole time. We always heard, obviously, online, internet, yeah, everything, but like, you really realize, like, oh, all these places where you have to come visit, they're struggling. And it's tough for everyone. And I'm not saying I wouldn't go down that route either, but it's just something to keep in mind, like, given the worst of times what is giving you the best opportunity like also where we are in spain is actually really touristy and this year with quarantines and closed borders there's been like no tourists so if we were reliant on the local population we'd have been in big trouble so luckily now we've got more higher percentage of national orders now than ever so i would definitely keep business options as 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 large of an audience as possible not narrow it down you know and just to close off if you guys could you know give some advice for entrepreneurs out there maybe not specifically in the food industry or in the industry that you guys are in but just you know some some advice for them starting a business out especially operating like you said you guys did a lot of adjusting you know going online as well um, just yeah some advice around that just uh, basically like take your time and be pretty open-minded because you're never going to stop learning like the, especially the way like the world is changing and stuff all the time 
you're never ever going to stop learning and there's always um, different and better ways to do things than you could be doing it now. Like we realize in our business every day, like Josh was saying, that he'd come back and there'd be some sort of feedback from Josh on the work that the chefs have done that, hey, look, do you think we could do it like this instead? And yeah, of course we can. It's a better way. We'll save money. There's less waste, whatever it might be. You just need to be open-minded to any changes, whether small or big. Yeah, I, I agree. I think really be open-minded, but also be sure about what you know. As in, if someone really, like, uh, think now it's really starting to, to, to happen with us. And it, it's the best spot we've been in. We're still nowhere near where we want to be. And we're not a household name, like, by any means. So we're not where we want to be. But the amount of people who've said kind of like, when are you going to stop doing this? When are you still doing that? Are you sure what you're not yeah. making money doing this? Why are you doing this? The amount of people who are like, oh, you should do this, or why didn't you do it like that? If you listen to everyone, you're not going to get anywhere. You have to kind of set your mind to it, like, and believe in it, and believe that it will work, and then just keep going. And then when people have suggestions, yeah, be radically open minded. And, qu and question it. Also, when we talk with each other and we come with ideas like, I'm sure of what I want and I want to do, but if Phil comes to something that's completely different, I'm going to question him completely because I want to see exactly his reasoning, where he's coming from. You know what? He's, he, he could very well be more correct than I am, but I am also quite confident in what I know, so I'm not ready to drop. So I think that's a big one. Be confident in what you do know, but at the same time, be willing to change. Don't assume you're correct. If someone comes to you, don't assume they're wrong either. Hear them out, question them, almost that they think like, hold on, am I under like attack here? But just, just get all the information you can and be as flexible as possible. Yeah, kind of like see where the information comes from, I guess as well, because some of the people that, that tell you things or they think they know so much, that's like they yeah that's a big all. one yeah like so many people just throw stuff at you like don't do that do it like this this is everyone everyone will give you advice but everyone's a pro yeah when you look at credentials yeah. you're like why are you telling me you <laughs> you like you know if, if someone's got nothing like i'm not telling if i if i said hey you know what you should do your podcast like this it's like yeah. you you could listen to it and you'd be like maybe he's got a point but you're not changing how you do your podcast tomorrow. Like you're doing what yeah. you know. And you could tell us like, hey, you guys should do this. It's like, I'm going to look into it. I've taken your point on board, but by no means. And I'm like, yeah, this is the final now. answer. This is what we've been looking for. <laughs> be a bit thick skinned and also just be okay with not making money. Yeah. It, it was, it's, it's been survival for years. But as long as you're okay with that and you don't look at like what, what other people, you just focus on you. Yeah, I think Instagram and Facebook and stuff like that just shows entrepreneurs in a different light. And especially the young people that see that, they're like, oh, cool, in a year I'll have a McLaren. It doesn't go like that. <laughs> the opposite. Yeah, like maybe you're very lucky, you do some online thing and you it works out very well, but it's usually the opposite.
Yeah, I think people go into a career and they're going to make more money than you and assume they will for probably like 10 years and you can't compare yourself to them. Still, I know people doing so much better and it's just like, cool, they're doing them, I'm doing me. I can't compare it, it's completely different. I think we've also romanticized the idea of owning your own business and it comes back to what you said earlier. It's like everyone assumes it's, you know, you start your own business, you make good money and you can buy whatever you want and you know it's it's so far from that because you have so much groundwork to cover before you get to that level where the social media entrepreneurs you see that are busy showing off their cars and their holidays it's it took them such a long time to get there the ones that are legit um and you know we don't see that that side of the story you just see the the fancy cars and you think that's it I do think one of the benefits is though, because it's your own business, you have to do everything. And sometimes it's not fun to do everything, but there are benefits to not just like, what do you do? I am this and I only do this. It's like, okay, well, we're gonna do some sales, we're gonna do some marketing, we're gonna come up with some recipes, we're gonna work on the business, we're gonna do some customer support, how can we improve that? And it's, it's changing, like what I was doing half a year ago is nothing compared to what I'm doing now. Obviously some of the main jobs are still there, but it's um you evolve a lot. So it is keeps you keeps you on your toes. It's fun. With that, thanks so much for 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 coming on guys. I think uh it was good to chat and also maybe I should relook at the way I'm eating. <laughs> um Yeah. <laughs> maybe. Yeah I think I need to do that, but uh, thanks so much for making time and, and, you know, educating us on this. And I think maybe this could open the, the conversation of, you know, what is really healthy and how does health and convenience meet, you know, with meal prep. So thanks. And once again, just want to thank Zygroove for sponsoring this episode. Be sure to check them out. And um, yeah, if you're interested, I'll leave an email address and you guys can contact them there.